0: Welcome back to episode 160 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, the podcast and website dedicated to all things official Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another Game Week preview, going over waiver options, hidden gems, and general Premier League chat ahead of Game Week 25. Now, another entertaining Game Week, Game Week 24, which finished last night between uh, Palace and Chelsea, Pretty much all of the results went as you might expect. The only real surprise, I think, was Sheffield United beating Luton at home. Uh, That was a really good result for them and keeps Luton firmly pegged down there at the bottom. Another entertaining game week in terms of different point scorers. Lots of people on the score sheet this week, not least for Arsenal with their 6-0 win away at West Ham. And it was another week in which my own draft team was rescued from a pretty average week to a decent week with one of my very potent lethal goal scorers in Arsenal defender, Gabriel. Now, I'm recording this episode on Tuesday, the 13th of February. So any team news, injury developments or press conference info are up to date as of then. And of course, subjects change. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Marcus Anessi, Harry Maguire, McAllister and new striker Muniz for Fulham. So let's get straight into it. So let's kick things off with Waiver Watch and have a look at the players that were coming in and out last week on the waivers. So, the players that were coming in were Ross Barkley, who we mentioned on last week's pod, and his ownership absolutely rocketed this week. We also had Barnes, uh, Ogbane, David Fafana, and Osho. So, a few names there from last week's pod. The players making way were Michael Elise, Chris Wood, Ezra Konsa, Eze, and Gaye. So, lots of Palace players making way there into the fixtures now we've obviously been prepping for this game week now for a few weeks so a lot of the real stellar names you're going to want will have likely been already picked up and in fact most of them will have been held for the entire season because we've got double game weeks for liverpool and manchester city we do also have doubles for brentford and luton so there are still some players that we can mine out of the waiver pool. let's have a look at brentford first they've got liverpool at home and then city away I think the Brentford players are an interesting commodity this week. We can never really not be drawn in by the double double game weeks, but Liverpool at home and City away is possibly the worst double game that you could look to create if you had a blank piece of paper. Many of you, I'm sure, including myself, will have Flecken in goal. Personally, I would start Flecken over most, if not all of the single game weekers this week, purely for that saves potential over two games. I don't really see Brentford getting properly stuffed in either of those games. I think they'll probably lose them both, but I don't see Flecken racking up massive negative points for sort of a 4-0 or a 6-0 loss. As I said, famous last words for someone that's got Flecken and i gonna play him myself. So apologies in advance if, if I've put a curse on that. Tony's obviously a start. I think Mope is too. His ownership's been climbing lately. It's now around 75% for 10 team leagues. And I think I'd play him if I owned him. I wouldn't go out of my way to play any of their defenders or get any of their defenders if you didn't already have them, you know, unless you really thought one of them was going to get an attacking return. None of them particularly stand out to me. A midfielder like Jensen or Norgard, for example, could be a potential if you're happy to get sort of three or four points over the two games from the double and you just need a player to give you that one or two point edge in a head to head matchup, but don't go into them expecting any more than that. A quick note on Brian Bumo, as we're talking about Brentford, I'm not interested in picking him up yet, far too early, and it looks like he's still going to miss a decent number of Premier League games. Liverpool, Brentford away, Luton at home, so a very nice double for them, but as I said, not many of their guys available, 10 of their players currently sat on more than 90% ownership in 10 team leagues, but there are a couple who I will mention very shortly in the main section. City, again, a very nice double. Chelsea at home, Brentford at home. It's not much to say. All of their usual guys that we might want are firmly picked up. And then Luton, United at home, Liverpool away. Again, not a particularly attractive double game week. All the Liverpool starters saw an increase in their roster percentage last game week. Barkley obviously leading the way, mentioned a minute ago. All those who I think made those moves will likely have had one eye on this game week for the double. As painful as it might look on paper, I don't think you were bringing those guys in just for last week. It was a disappointing result against Sheffield United, but I think if you took a punt on them, then you probably gamble again and roll them into this week too. In terms of the rest of the fixtures, those who are just playing a single game week this week, there are, I think, a decent number out there with the shout and and obviously provide some way into the waivers. Arsenal away to Burnley, I think should be a pretty easy matchup for Arsenal. Arsenal. Newcastle against Bournemouth initially thought that could be quite a high-scoring one, but actually Bournemouth aren't in the best form at the moment. They're without a win in the last five games, and they do need to try and grind out a result. Now, I tweeted a couple of notes on Bournemouth last week mentioning their fixture run that's coming up between gameweeks 27 and 32, which has a very, very nice double in gameweek 28, which is Sheffield United at home. Luton at home so as much as you couldn't ask for a worse double for Brentford this week could you really ask for a better double than that for Bournemouth? Sheffield United and Luton both at home I honestly don't think it's too early to start hoarding some of their players some of probably their fringe players particularly if you're in a league larger than sort of 12 managers or even 10 managers and they've got Newcastle away and City at home in the next two which will put most people off so yeah, you could grab yourself a bargain. Obviously, if you're stacked with injuries on the bench, then you won't be able to, and you may not want to roll them for the next two. But if you've got some room there, definitely a time to stash them away. And I will be talking about some of those in the main section in just a few moments. Elsewhere, Spurs at home to Wolves, Forest at home to West Ham. I didn't have that on the list originally, but with West Ham's result against Arsenal, I've definitely added them there. United away to Luton and Everton at home to Palace. I'm just thoroughly unimpressed with Palace, particularly without the likes of Elise and Eze. So they're often going to stand out to me, whoever they're playing. Next week, no Liverpool or Chelsea due to the League Cup final, which means that Spurs and Luton also blank, but obviously Liverpool and Luton has been brought forward to this weekend. So we won't really have missed out by that point. Now, not a usual segment at this point, but I just because there are a few, I thought I'd just go through a handful of notable injuries First one is Kamara for Villa. Now Kamara himself is not draft asset at all. In fact, his ownerships like naught point something percent in, in even large leagues. He looks to be done for the season and probably decent chunk of next season too with an ACL injury. He's a big miss for Villa. Will most likely mean that McGinn drops into a deeper role alongside Douglas Louise. Dendonka was loaned out to Napoli in January. He did slot in there at times earlier on in the season when Kamara was missing. I wonder if they may even recall that loan if they need some extra cover. Villa haven't kept a clean sheet in any of the games that Kamara has missed. Now, it's not been many, so it's not a massive sample size, but it still is what it is. And I would generally be a lot colder on backing a Villa clean sheet moving forwards. Not that they've been the most reliable clean sheet merchants anyway, but this just, just takes them down a notch. Another one is is Hinshelwood for for Brighton. Curse of the pod, obviously mentioned him last week. He's undergone foot surgery and it sounds like he could miss the rest of the year. And then finally is Trent Alexander-Arnold, who seems to have had a bit of a recurrence of the knee issue that kept him out a few weeks ago. We've not had a lot of detail on that yet. I expect we will do in in the coming days, but obviously with their double game week does at least open up some more options on the waiver pile, which I will discuss in just a moment. But let's get into the main picks. Let's start with Bournemouth then. So obviously this is an investment for the future. We're looking two or three game weeks ahead for this one. And you may just be more preoccupied with trying to get some doublers this week, which I wouldn't blame you for. But as I said, particularly those leagues, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 teams in when, you know, a sort of third, fourth string Bournemouth defender is very much high value. This could be the week to bring them in early. The higher-owned players, Solanke and Neto in goal, their ownership's sort of up towards pushing 100%, and rightly so. The other big ones, Marcus Sinesi, is currently owned in 47% of 10-team leagues. Now, I had a last-minute panic in my normal FPL team going into the weekend. I've not really been keeping too much of an eye on it, actually, this year. I missed a good few deadlines, but I didn't have a fully fit 11. And I actually brought Senesi in last minute, particularly thinking about this upcoming fixture run. It was nice to get rewarded with a nice little bonus goal in their defeat to Fulham. He is the main goal threat outside of their usual attacking midfielders. He, he always seems to have these purple patches over the last few years. And if I could get him in my main draft league, I certainly would look to try and pick him up this week. The other one who's got decent sort of moderate ownership is Semenyo. His ownership is 45%. Now he's not played a full 90 minutes all season he's always subbed or comes on as a sub very patchy performances he hasn't looked great the last few weeks sometimes he really does look like a world beater and other times he's just completely ineffective now he's a forward so that obviously slightly increases his his inherent value and many of you listening will no doubt have uh, some crappy third striker that you're looking to get rid of and he is one you could consider certainly but um, Yeah, it can be a frustrating own even with that that nice double coming up. Next on the list is Tavernier. His ownership is 22%. Another very streaky player. He's only got two goals this year, both in a single match in game week 13. I think that was against Sheffield United. He does get fairly reliable minutes though. So even if he plays both in their double, you're looking at at least a four pointer, which in a normal week isn't the end of the world. The rest are all very much hidden gem territory. So the likes of Sinistera, Patrick Cliver. Sabanee, if you want a really just reliable defender for a possibility of a clean sheet, all very much available. And as I said, if you're absolutely fine in terms of injuries and things, could be a nice one just to stash away at the back of the bench for the next couple of weeks. Uh, in terms of a little another short-term uh, punt is the Everton defence. They've got Palace at home this weekend and then Brighton away and then West Ham at home. So not a terrible little trio, maybe not so great without a away trip to... Brighton now Tarkovsky and Mikolenko are pushing ninety percent ownership, so they're generally not going to be available. But Branthwaite, his ownership's forty-eight percent, so he's he's available in in most leagues and he's a guaranteed starter. Also, Ashley Young is very much in hidden gem territory, not as guaranteed to start. Can can occasionally pick up little niggles here and there, but in 10 team leagues he's owned in just two percent. So if you did fancy someone on a one-week punt, definitely an option for most of you listening. Now into Liverpool obviously the, the the elite double game weekers this weekend and into midweek. I'm going to start with Canate. Now, his ownership is pretty high. In 10-team leagues, it's 75%, but that does drop off in smaller leagues. The danger here is that he may only play one of the two games with, with either Kwanzaa or Gomez potentially playing in one. Given the calibre of the fixtures and the chances of a clean sheet with them, it wouldn't be the worst outcome if he did only play one. And I think you could cope with that if he did pick up a clean sheet in the game that he did play. I would certainly be targeting him in the waivers if he was free. The injury to Alexander Arnold, I think, makes life slightly easier for us because, you know, assuming Bradley is, is still unavailable, you would assume that Gomez covers right back, which then increases the odds of Kanate of playing the two at centre-back, but Quanta's still a bit of a lingering presence there and does get rotated now and again. And with the turnaround and the cup final, I wouldn't be surprised if Quanta maybe plays the midweek game with Canate then rested up for the League Cup final. That does obviously open up the door for Gomez, whose ownership is quite low too. So he's another one that you could you could be looking at and is maybe even a safer pair of hands than Canate. If, if Alexander-Arnold... Is out for as long as it sounds he is, which sounds like a few weeks, and, and as I said, Bradley remains out, then then you would assume Gomez plays plays the pair. So yeah, depends how, it, how we look at it. We'll await some team news midweek in the press conferences, but he could be another very tasty option going into the double too. Just finishing off in defense going to mention Harry Maguire. His ownership's just 21% in 10-team leagues, which was a bit of an increase last week, went up 8%, which is a decent jump. I ended up grabbing him in my main draft league last week. So it was nice to see him grab the assist and a couple of bonus points too. So he came away with a seven pointer Martinez out for a couple of months. So I think we continue to see Maguire for the time being. Now, aside from the the Manchester Derby in game week 27, United have a very nice fixture run themselves up until the end of March. He's looked very steady since he's come back in and always a threat from set pieces. So yeah, not a bad option. Into midfield, and I was kind of scratching around trying to come up with a a Liverpool option. The only one really is Alexis McAllister. He's he's available in about half of leagues out there. He is someone I would only really be looking at in the context of a double game week. Reasonably safe starter. So, you know, someone you can count on for three or four points across the two games. Very poor attacking returns this year. Obviously playing much deeper. With Salah still out, there's a slight chance he takes a penalty should they be awarded one. But again, we have to consider the fact that the game after their midweek, you know, the second game in the double, is the cup final. And given some of the injuries that, that some of these Liverpool players have had over the last couple of months, I just, I'd just i be slightly worried that we see a lot of rotation in that midweek game. And it may, may be quite hard to come by a player that gets 290 minutes for that. And finally, in the main section, the trio of sort of attacking Nottingham Forest midfielders. Now, Forest themselves haven't been in the finest form recently, but they're against West Ham this weekend, who are coming off the back of that embarrassing 6-0 defeat to Arsenal. Not just the scoreline, but the manner in which they defended. It was amateurish at times, worse, lazy. Um, Some of them didn't look like they cared. Now, we could go one way or the other, you know, we could see a big reaction from them, but really concerning to watch the nature of some of the goals that, that Arsenal were able to score. It was almost like drills where you put some cones down and you just dribble around them, particularly the centre-backs. So, yeah, the likes of elanga Morgan Gibbs-White, hudson Adoy would all be of interest to me if they were free. I thought the fullbacks didn't do too badly for West Ham. It was the centre-backs that were particularly shocking, which... May open the door for um, for Gibbs White to get his first haul because obviously that's the sort of area essentially that he'll be targeting. But yeah, they're, they're fairly decently owned. We're looking at ownership around the sixty percent mark in ten team leagues. So, and they're not going to be a huge number of them on the waiver piles. But if they were, definitely one to consider. Just a couple of hidden gems to mention. The rest of them didn't really interest me this week. Starting with Kiwi for Arsenal. Zinchenko's injured. Tommy Asu's injured, returning from international duty with some sort of knock means we're likely to see Kiwior play at left back again. Burnley away this week is a very nice matchup for Arsenal and he may well be the only option in your waiver pile for Arsenal. Ownership currently in 10 team leagues is a staggeringly low two and a half percent so he's pretty much there for any of you listening. The other one and the one I alluded to right at the beginning is Rodrigo Muniz Carvalho for Fulham who is 22 year old Brazilian forward who we've seen him about a bit. I had him down as like my forty eighth striker, I think, when I did my preseason forward draft rankings. Obviously, Raúl Jiménez is injured. Carlos Vinicius went out on loan. They bought in Armando Broja for some competition on loan, but he has really, really thrived with that that sort of new pressure on him, really, and the opportunity he's been given. Two starts now, three goals. I really liked the two goals that he scored against Bournemouth. Just proper old-fashioned clean poacher finishes which increasingly these days we don't see a lot of now the fixtures aren't the best but he's exactly the sort of third striker that that you could bring in for those who you know those sort of crappy third strikers who are out of form or just out of the team similar to what we were talking about before earlier on in the podcast Mo- there are many you know if you look at any decent sized draft league and look at people's strikers there are some real crap strikers that are being held out there just because of how tight the market is. So when you get someone like Muniz coming along, those managers have to take advantage of it. Now, the most hidden gem pick this week was also difficult and is also probably one of the least exciting most hidden gem picks uh, I think I've I think I've done this season. Now, for those of you who don't know, this is a player that's owned in less than 10% of 16-team draft leagues. So we are really Really scraping the barrel with with low ownership here. Now I wanted to, for the fun of it, I wanted to try and find someone that had a double this week, which meant that I was pretty much narrowing my search down to Brentford or Luton. Rosslob for Brentford was a possibility here, but in the end, I've gone for a Luton midfielder, Sambi Lokonga. Now, as soon as I kind of wrote his name down, I thought, what a horrible shout, but. Actually, when I had a look, his stats aren't terrible. He's got a couple of assists since game week 19. He's been a regular starter since game week 18 when they had their little uptick in form. So this is one of those most hidden gem picks where unless you are in a 15, 16 team draft league, this is absolutely no endorsement to go and pick him up. This is purely for those in 16 team draft leagues. And I think with a couple of games for him to try and do something... At a minimum, he gets a four-pointer, which in a 16-team draft league can go a very long way in a head-to-head matchup. So he's my pick for this week. In terms of Get rid lists, I highlight a couple of Arsenal players. Enketia is the first one. Two games now without Gabriel Jesus, and he's only had 23 minutes off the bench in that time against West Ham, and he didn't do much in that time. Not a great look. Clearly cements Trossard and Havertz as being the sort of preferred options in the starting 11 when jesus is out his own ship currently is as high as 80 percent in 10 team leagues and i think there are as we've covered in this already a few better options for your third striker and it'd be time to move him out the second one is kai havertz now he's always a tempting name to see in the waiver pile but i think we've pretty much seen enough of him now to note that he just doesn't hold much value in draft this season He's just played a full pair of 90 minutes in which Arsenal scored a total of nine goals and he's come away with just an assist. His first return since game week 17 and he's had plenty of minutes to be able to do something. If you can get any trade value for him, then you can try, but I wouldn't feel any regret in throwing him back into the waiver pile. <laughs> So that is it for this week's episode. A reminder that the waiver deadline will process on Friday the 16th at 11am ahead of the Saturday lunchtime kickoff between Brentford and Liverpool. So we get a chance to see what some of our double gaming players will do straight away as the game week kicks off. Now if this is your first time to the Draft FC YouTube channel then hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes as they drop. Give us a thumbs up if you like the content we do and leave a comment if there's anything you want to see in any future episodes. For those of you listening on the audio, make sure you do the same and hit the follow button on whichever podcast platform you're listening to. Again, so that you keep well informed of any new episodes when they drop. If you are brand new to the channel, then we get these game week previews out every game week, ready for you to try and plan your waivers. And for any of you listening, watching, or otherwise, if you've not gone to draftfc.co.uk, then please do so. It's the best companion tool you'll find anywhere for your official FPL draft teams. And if you've never signed up before, you can use the code draftfcpod, all one word, to get a one-month free trial and really give it a go before you buy. There is so much on there. I cover it every time. Um, You've got the live game week feature on there so you can see your head-to-heads and your normal scoring matches, including live bonus points, and see exactly how they're shaping up. The waiver planner, which is obviously a massive source of the stats and things that I use in these podcasts. Everything you hear me using, all the ownership stats, everything you hear me using in these episodes is fully available to signed up members, so there's nothing hidden there. You also have some waiver suggestions based on our expected points model, which is always a work in progress and getting better week on week. You've got the global rank feature, which lets you know how your league, your draft league is performing against every similar size draft league in the world. Currently, I believe our main Shook Ones 11 team draft league is currently, I think, eighth in, in 11 team draft leagues in the world. So we've got to pull our finger, finger out a bit as the season goes on, but lots of people enjoy seeing how their draft league, and it also gives you and your fellow managers a chance to, I guess, back up how good you all are with some hard and fast evidence fix your difficulty rater on there lots of other things that i haven't even mentioned the predicted lineups which is freely available to everyone so even if you're not signed up and just go to the home page you'll always be able to see our predicted lineups but for those that are signed up your predicted lineups are fully fed into your draft league so each player that's available to you will be shown give us a follow on Twitter or X at draft underscore FC. That's probably the easiest way to get hold of me during the week. Reach out with any questions about your team, anything you want to see on the episodes, advice on trades, anything at all, always there and reasonably quick to respond. And it's always nice. Last few weeks, we've had new people message each week. So it's always nice to hear from, uh, from new listeners. Otherwise, I will leave you be. Have a look through your waivers if you haven't already because you don't want to leave it till, you know, 10.45 and you suddenly panic when you're in a work meeting and realise that you've not penciled any of them in. So get a few of those done early. Best of luck ahead of the double game week. And as always, stay sure.